Inflation is not capital growth. When you analyze capital and growth, it may have a built-in section CPI, which is inflation, but appreciation in real estate is quite often delivered from demand side of the equation, from the market, and it, in some respects, actually almost outpaces the inflation rate when it gets going. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. Today's show is inflation making it just ridiculous to live at all when it comes to being a human being in Australia. Yes, we're having the inflation debate. We're having the conversation around inflation. What actually is inflation? Of course, how it links to you as a property investor. Is inflation a hedge for property investors? Let's have the discussion because obviously it's on most people's mind at the moment. The cost of living is rising. The impact of things, services, goods costing more is real. It's out there. It's happening. Egg economics is a real thing. Yes, eggs cost more. As you know, at Christmas time, I went to Norfolk Island. No eggs. No eggs. Uh, It was so bad over there that they had a one egg limit when you went to a restaurant. Yes, you could only order one egg, scrambled eggs, not scrambled eggs. So uh, it's real. Supply chain shortages, disruption uh, is all impacting the cost of goods and services. And of course, off the back of money printing by virtue of the pandemic, we are seeing inflation throw in the uh, issues at a geopolitical level with things like the war in Ukraine, wow, we have not seen inflation rise like we have seen it since a few decades back. And of course, the inflation or headline inflation rate is sitting well above an unbelievable 7.8%. So what does it all mean? That is the spirit of today's show And of course, uh, if it's your first time tuning into the show, welcome aboard. Um, Make sure you play the show in double speed. Get your life back, I say. And of course, uh, welcome back, all you crazy urban property investors. Thank you for choosing me to be part of your property news, your property information. I know there's some great podcasters out there. I'm sure you listen to them as well. But thank you for allowing me into your life. Today, I do want to have the money conversation and, of course, the inflation conversation. Talk about some of the pros and cons of what is unfolding. Obviously, food inflation is a real thing. The cost of living is rising and, obviously, the buying power of money is uh, depleting Really, we can see that off the back of just things like food is 10% more expensive than it was, for example, 18 months ago. So to buy a bag of groceries is roughly going to cost you 10% more than it once did. So uh, inflation is 
uh, is a real thing out there in society at the moment. Obviously, it's tracked at a month-on-month level and uh, links to what is known as CPI. So when CPI rises, obviously, that means there is a level of inflation. Now, typically, governments like a little bit of CPI in the economy. They don't like a lot. Typically, they're like 2 or 3% in Australia, not 7.8%. So governments are doing what they can, and also the Reserve Bank of many countries around the world are playing with interest rates to obviously slow down the velocity of money, slow down the spending habits of people inside the uh, economy, and try and put things back into a little bit more balance. Now, obviously, when you've got supply chain shortages, you've got uh, you know disruption at a global level, it's going to impact how people have a relationship with money. I think one of the big drivers of the recent inflation uh, experience is, of course, people's spending behaviours changed during COVID. A lot of the spending behaviours of people was that they would get out there and, and buy all sorts of stuff. And, of course, with lockdowns happening, people coming out of lockdowns, there's still a bit of that spending behaviour floating around where people are playing a bit of catch-up on missed life experiences, jumping on holidays, uh, still enjoying the restaurant scenes around, uh, you know, the different urban environments. However, probably the main root of inflation, let's face it, let's go back in time, was the pandemic and releasing quantitative easing into the economy. Now, QE, if you like, is just the idea of quantitative theory. In other words, money uh, unleashed into the economy will produce spending and growth. And so what happened back in the day, um, there was a bit of money printed to stimulate spending so that everyone could keep their job and the wheels of the world went round. And of course, what happened was too much money flooded into economies all over the globe. And now you're seeing the reversal effect of that. Of course, back then when money came into the economies around the world, uh, it circulated and people spent it. Money causes inflation. That's the theory, quantitative theory. How it works, money circulates at a speed. If more money is put into the system and the speed is still uh, quite uh, good, People have more money in their back pocket. They spend more on goods and services. This results in too much money chasing too fewer goods. And this is what we've kind of witnessed over the last couple of years. This, of course, leads to price rises. So money velocity equals price and transactions. Money velocity equals price and transactions. So the movement of money, the money comes to me, I I earn some money, 
I go to the butcher, I buy something, the butcher spends some money elsewhere, the money moves around too quickly. This creates, obviously, a metric of inflation. Now, inflation is not a new thing whatsoever. Like, uh, if we look inside Australia, we've had some inflationary periods in the past and the world hasn't ended. You could go back to the 1970s and you had inflation over 10%. You could go to the 1980s and there were inflation rates peaking at 8%. You could go to the early 1990s. We ended up having a recession. Off the back of that inflation period, we saw the uh, inflation rate and the cash rate get up over 15%. So inflation is something that central banks need to deal with. They want to put the genie back in the bottle. They don't want people, uh, you know, uh, basically have diminishing buying power from their currency. And so one way to uh, deal with that is to put interest rates up. And of course, that's where we find ourselves today. But the idea of inflation has been around for a very long time. The abundance of money creates inflation. And if you, for example, went back to mid-century, 16th century Spain, when the uh, conquistadors, or conquistadors, I can't say that, when the Spanish discovered or uh, went over to South America, they found a lot of gold. They brought the gold back from South America to Spain There was too much gold floating around. What happened? Inflation. Things tripled in value back in 1554. So this is not a new problem the world is experiencing right now. This is a very normal part of the cycle. I guess the question for property investors is how does inflation affect property as we know it? Now, it is an important concept to understand before we delve into that, that inflation is not appreciation. Inflation is not capital growth. When you analyze capital and growth, it may have a built-in section, CPI, which is inflation, but appreciation in real estate is quite often delivered from demand side of the equation from the market and it in some respects actually almost outpaces the inflation rate when it gets going. In fact, capital growth, if you like, can actually occur in deflation when things are becoming cheaper, when people can borrow more money. Uh, you often see the, the opposite. It creates capital growth. So inflation in one sentence, if you like, is the measure of the rate of which the general level of prices for goods and services are rising and the subsequent purchasing power is falling. So in other words, our $100 in our back pocket does not buy as much as it once did. And of course, this is something that impacts property investment. It's a big conversation. So how does property fare in inflation? How does it get affected by inflation? 
Well, the first thing we need to know about real estate is real estate carries pricing power. Pricing power is an important principle because not all assets have pricing power. If you think about the assets which carry pricing power, they are very much linked to the uh, the idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now, Maslow was a psychologist. He developed the theory of human motivation known as Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And when you think about real estate, real estate has pricing power because it links to the hierarchy of needs of humans. The first theory of human motivation, according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, is basic the need for uh, physiological needs, things like food, water, shelter, warmth. Now, when you think about the pricing power of commodities that carry pricing power, it's food, water, shelter, and warmth, energy, food, and real estate. And of course, um, this is why, again, for, for me, investing as a professional investor, I'm investing in energy, food, and real estate because it carries the concept of pricing power. Now, investing in real estate is obviously very dependent upon the market and, of course, the location and the type of property. There is a bit of a formula as to how that works. But today, we're generally speaking about inflation and how inflation links to real estate. Remember, real estate carries pricing power, as do a couple of other assets, but not all assets carry pricing power. What doesn't carry pricing power? Well, uh, for example, a company on the stock exchange, maybe uh, an expense too far for people. So, you know, you may see, for example, um, you know, a, a classic one that people are talking about at the moment, Netflix may not be worth as much as it was worth because uh, people can still get free to air TV. So if their household budget is under stress because the $100 in their back pocket doesn't buy as much, get rid of the Netflix. It doesn't carry pricing power. Uh, so obviously when it comes to real estate, Rental properties carry pricing power, including residential rental properties and commercial. And uh, they carry pricing power because they also carry a rental return. But if we analyze the rental market even now in inflation, it's really not people who own assets offloading assets because it costs more to run assets namely real estate assets. Really, what you're seeing is people who want to buy real estate simply can't borrow as much as they could three or four years ago. So what we're seeing off the back of this inflation cycle is not people dumping real estate on the market. If anything, it's the polar opposite. There is actually a lack of real estate being traded at the moment. What we are seeing, though, is the buyers that are in the market just simply can't borrow as much as they once did. Uh, 
So the pricing power of the consumer has dropped off the back of the rise of interest rates. Now, pricing power is an interesting concept. It's one of the reasons why I love real estate. Pricing power really refers to the refers to the ability of an asset to increase its prices without losing market share. That's the formula of pricing power economics 101. So again, like let's, for example, analyze petrol. If uh, the energy petrol um, or oil, if you like, if it was $2 a barrel or $1 a barrel, it doesn't lose market share. You still need to fill up the car. So it carries what is known as pricing power. Same is considered with real estate. You need somewhere to live or you're on the street. So it carries pricing power and does not lose market share. It does not go out of style or out of vogue. There will be peaks and troughs in the economy, but real estate carries pricing power because of factors such as economic growth, community enhancement, population growth, and uh, is, is obviously shelter to human beings. However, as we know, lesson 101, inflation can lead to higher mortgage costs. And this is what we're seeing. The reason there are higher mortgage costs is, to be fair, we're still spending like drunken sailors. Yes, drunken sailors used to pull up at port and get hammered. Really, that's what we're still seeing. Even if we go back to the Christmas period, what we saw was an increase in retail spending. Um, Even though interest rates are much higher, even though rents are much higher, people are still spending. And obviously, spending is a sign of economics. And when people have got money in their pocket, they are going to spend it. So what we have seen is over the last 12 months, the mortgage rate rise and rise. And eventually in 2023, it will reach its ceiling. And there will be a point where the bottom of the market is called, where potentially even interest rates reach the top and go back down. Now, in real estate, if you are buying, this is an interesting time because 90-day theory is the theory that when markets change direction, you've only got about 90 days to capitalize on the windfall of that change. So for example, we see interest rates come down, there's going to be more buyers come back into the marketplace, which again has a corresponding uh, impact on obviously what property is worth. So that said, obviously interest rates tend to put a, or climbing interest rates tend to put a downward pressure on demand. And obviously that can mean real estate goes down in value. We've seen, uh, generally speaking, real estate go down in value across the country over the last sort of 12 months. 
And again, this this is the game that real estate is. It doesn't always go up in value. It does come down in value. So again, if you own real estate and it's gone down in value, obviously you've made a paper loss. So you just hold on to the real estate. Real estate or the biggest problem with real estate is the problem of time. You need to see through cycles, good ones, not so good ones, and get to the end game of financial freedom. It takes years and years and years. So even if your real estate has gone down in recent times, it's not such a big problem because it's how you measure your time horizon. And of course, for a lot of people, their real estate is skyrocketed in value. So if it's gone up 30% and comes down 5%, you're not too fussed because when you've made a profit, you're usually pretty happy. However, what we have seen is inflation can lead to higher rents and real estate is quite often pegged to rents. So we often use what is known as the cap rate to analyze real estate, particularly commercial, but quite often for investors, they're also looking at a residential piece of real estate through the lens of the rental return. So what we are seeing and probably will see over the next year or two is the escalation of the cost of living of tenants through the shortage of real estate pushing rents up, pushing the pricing power of real estate up. And of course, we are seeing an accelerated rental return. Now, again, uh, the question is often made, is real estate a hedge against inflation? Well, particularly if you own real estate with a rental return, it is. Now, I recently brokered a deal that when we uh, negotiated the deal, it was pre-construction. The rental return forecast was $800 a week. Two years later, the rent lease or the property lease for $1,300 a week. So basically $480 more than what was forecast. So the property... Uh, because it was a very good property, very nice lifestyle area, increased in rental return by $480 per week in rent. Now think about that from the investor's perspective. They are now closer to retirement off the back of price pricing power of real estate linked to shortages. Shortages are linked to inflation how it works. It's all connected. So uh, instead of $820 a week in rent, uh, which if you times that by 52 is $42,640, they are getting $1,300 a week. And if we times that by 52, they're getting $67,600. So what happened to those people, even though they're paying more for the cost of money right now than they were before, they're actually hedged against inflation and actually accelerated closer to retirement because inflation is linked to shortages and shortages are linked to rental returns. 
There is a rental crisis at the moment. So people that are holding income producing real estate are very much hedged against inflation. Now, the idea is inflation eventually is put back into the bottle. So an interest rate might go from 6.5% back to 4.5%. But what typically doesn't happen is a massive swing or reversal of rents. That $1,300 a week does not go back to $820. may go down to $1,250, but it's not going back to $820 anytime soon. So inflation and real estate, real estate is a hedge against inflation. What happens is rents rise to compensate for inflation and it basically allows debt on an asset to be devalued. It's an interesting concept which we'll talk about. So I think uh, in general terms, if you own real estate right now, if you are an investor right now, you're in a good position because your asset has pricing power and that pricing power is pegged to inflation. And effectively, it's easier for you to now get ahead in life and get out of the rat race than it is for someone starting out. Someone starting out has to now suck it up and just realize the game got a lot harder, but sitting out of the game is not going to create a financial outcome. So it's interesting because obviously we see that higher interest rates erode purchasing power. Uh, but of course, if you don't invest your money, it loses value over time due to inflation. So in other words, if you just had money in the bank, um, the buying power of that money is now it buys less than what it did two years ago. It's the way it works. So really the only way to keep up with the ability for money to transform is to have a currency that keeps up with the currency of the day and real estate allows you to do that. Inflation obviously outpaces your savings interest you get in the bank. Now think about it, headline inflation over 7%, saving deposit, let's say you could get 4%, you are actually losing 3% by having your money in the bank as to what it can actually buy. So the best way around that, in my view, is pricing power assets, food, energy, real estate. So uh, real estate is an inflation hedge. It has to be said. Um, you know, inflation reduces fixed income assets like they, they, you know, lose their value over time because it costs more than what those fixed incomes can provide. So uh, it is what it is. I guess, uh, you know, as we know, inflation increases the cost of living. And again, if your goal is retirement at a certain point and you're not playing the game of keeping up 
with retirement, then to reach retirement becomes harder and harder and harder. Now, again, I'll go back to some simple logic. The Australian government likes inflation at around 2 to 3%. That means every year your wealth needs to improve by 2 to 3% just to keep up with the cost of living. You haven't even made a profit yet. So uh, it's, it's something that, you know, you need to be mindful of because, again, the harder, it, it will get harder if you don't play. You know, inflation can cause things like governments to increase taxes. So then, it, again, if you're not playing the game of being an investor, you're, you, you start to, it starts to be harder to get out of the rat race. And so I think um, it's very, very important to understand that despite the current levels of inflation, if you do not own assets and you choose to ignore buying over the next couple of years, you, like you're, you're not playing the real game of life. The real game of life is to keep pace with economics, to out to beat economics at its own game. And so it's quite an interesting thing watching this unfold. And, and uh, I think for a lot of people who have perhaps going through their first economic phase of their life, they've never experienced anything like this before. And of course, if you track really interest rates borrowed from the bank, you know, we've seen a decline from 2010 up until 2022, like rates were just going down and down and down because we had what was known as deflation. Now we've got inflation. The cost of living is becoming more and more expensive. Previously, the cost of living was becoming easier fundamentally by virtue of money. Your money had more buying power. Now it's got less buying power. But it's quite fascinating to, I guess, understand how debt works of inflation basically eats historical debt. So think about your existing debt. It's actually becomes cheaper as inflation increases. Let me give you an example. Inflation changes the value of older debt, particularly debt that is fixed or has a fixed interest rate. So when the rate of inflation is high, the value of money decreases which means older debt, which was issued at a previous time, is worth less in real terms. This, in economics, is known as repaying in cheaper dollars. So basically, I borrowed money 15 years ago, 20 years ago to buy a property. I used money from that point of the cycle. And today I'm still paying interest on that real estate, almost paid it off, but now I'm using money uh, in today's cycle. Back then my money had uh, more buying power. Now it's got less buying power. I'm using money with less buying power to pay debt on money I borrowed when I had uh, when money was worth more. So I'm using money that, basically is worth less to pay off money I borrowed that was worth more. 
repaying in cheaper dollars. It's a phrase commonly used to describe the impact on inflation on debt repayments. So think about it, right? If you own real estate and have owned it for a long time, you're an absolute winner when it comes to inflation because of repaying in cheaper dollars. Obviously, if you're just getting started, again, this probably sounds like it sucks for you because you're like, well, I'm not repaying anything in cheaper dollars. I'm just borrowing money in more expensive dollars. Everything has a tipping point. And again, for many people who are uninvested, your problem is not inflation. It is you are uninvested. You need to mathematically work out your time horizons and what you need to achieve over the next one year, three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years to reach your financial freedom milestones because avoiding the problem actually exacerbates the problem. And again, like I've had these conversations when back in 2007, you went to the bank, you were borrowing money at eight, nine, 10%. I took out a mortgage in 2007 at... 2007 at 13%, a low-doc loan. Completely uh, different cycle of money. Again, the time money theory, you need to be part of it because, again, if you own an asset, the assets you need to own in inflation need to carry pricing power. Real estate, fortunately, carries pricing power and probably the best part of that pricing power over the next 24 months is going to be the improved value of the rental return. So if anything, what you will be buying over the next 24 months is an ability to look at a property that, say, is renting for $500 a week, knowing that it's probably going to become $600 a week in 24 months' time, and that will allow you to get closer to your financial freedom point because a lot of people measure financial freedom in income in retirement. I want $100,000 in retirement. By buying now and watching the rents increase, you're actually getting closer to your retirement point faster. Pricing power of real estate. So there are good bits to inflation. There are bad bits to inflation. It's just the way it works. The good bits is real estate is very much hedged to inflation. The bad bits, it costs more money to borrow, to buy real estate. It's just the way it is. It's the way it always works. What goes up comes down. After contraction comes expansion. But after expansion comes contraction. It is a cycle. For real estate investors, for buy and hold, the whole part is the journey. The journey, there are lots of things to work through. Obstacles like inflation. After inflation comes deflation. When there is inflation, there is shortages. When there are shortages, you get things like rental increases, which we're seeing now. So that's the way it works. That's the inflation conversation. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I'll catch you on the next episode of The Urban Property Investor. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on YouTube. And I would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode of the Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.